0: Listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 AM or 6 PM. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 A.M. In this podcast, we're gonna hear a message from our Congressional Care Pastor, Aaron Caton. Sometimes I, I I feel like we forget what worship can do for us. You know, Pastor Carrie was here and and she was just playing and, and singing before church ever started, and I'm just sitting there and I got lost in his presence. I started crying and, and she was just rehearsing the songs that she was going to sing and, and I'm standing there in the same songs and I just start crying over again. I feel like we, we tend to get a little complacent. We take it for granted that worship can just get us in his presence, that if we just worship as we just sit down on our own couch and we turn on worship, that we just get into his presence. Anyway. What is truth? is the title of the message tonight. What is truth? If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word, we're in John 17, verses 17 through 19. He says, This is Jesus, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Miss Linda, will you bless the reading?
1: Father, we're so grateful for your presence here tonight.
0: Yes, Lord God.
1: And we love you so much. Father, we ask your anointing on our pastor tonight as he brings your word. We open our hearts to hear from you tonight, Lord. You are the way the truth and the life and your truth changes us Lord. Yes Lord. God. We give you permission to change and move on our yes. hearts tonight and draw us close to you Lord. Yes Lord. Thank you Lord.
0: Yes Lord. God.
1: Thank you Lord. Thank you. Oh Lord, we honor you in your presence here. We lift your name up. Yes Lord. God. We exalt you because you are God. You are yes. life, you are joy, you are hope.
0: Yes Lord. You're God. all we need. Yes.
1: Oh Lord, minister to your people. Let every word Pastor Aaron speaks be life to us, Lord. Let it be directly from your throne room, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you this time now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. What is truth? Verse 17, Jesus says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What is truth? God's word. John 1 and and verse uh, 1 and 14, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh, in verse 14. And the Word was made flesh, flesh, Jesus, And dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. What's full of grace and truth? The Word is full of grace and truth. Jesus became the living Word. He is full of grace and truth, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Jesus is the only real son of the father. You and I, we are adopted sons and daughters through the confession of faith in Jesus Christ, through the, through the blood of the cross, through the resurrection of our savior, we are adopted sons and daughters. Jesus is his only real son and we are adopted. Verse 18, as thou hast sent me into the world, who did he send? He sent Jesus, what was he? He was the word. Even so, I have also sent them into the world. March 6, 7 through 8 is, uh, through 13 says, Jesus sent his disciples, telling them to take nothing but a staff. They went preaching, repentance, casting out demons, and healing the sick. Verse 19, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they might also be sanctified through the truth. What is the truth? What's the truth? The Word. Who is the Word? Jesus. Jesus is asking the Father to sanctify them through the Father's truth. Is Jesus asking the Father to reveal himself to the disciples? Is he trying to let them know, Father, that I'm the living Christ? He, he's walked with them, they've seen signs and wonders and miracles. What is Jesus asking? Do the disciples not fully understand who Jesus is? If I'm able to get apart. Jesus asked, sanctify them. And Jesus says, for their own sakes, I sanctify myself that they might be sanctified through the the truth. To sanctify is to make holy. It's a ceremonial purifying, a consecrate, to dedicate oneself to be holy, to be sacred, to be physically pure, to be morally blameless. It's to be holy. It's to be righteous. It's to be a saint of God. Jesus is asking the Father, sanctify them. What is Jesus asking? Because there's already a law in place to sanctify the people. And we see it, God is telling Moses in Leviticus 19 and 2, he says, Speak to the people, speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I am the Lord your God, and I am holy. Leviticus 27 and 8 says, Consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord your God. Dedicate yourself to holiness, is what he's saying. Dedicate yourself to holiness, for I am holy, and you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So, how are we holy? How do we get holy? How do we dedicate ourselves unto the Lord? Uh, there, again, there's already a ceremony ritual in place. It's sanctification by the blood. An Israelite would bring in a, an offering of sin to the priest, and the priest would take that offering, and he would take it to, to the brazen altar, and, and, and the offering would be put up on. It would cut in half. It would be laid out the way that God gave the instructions for it to be sacrificed upon the brazen altar. The blood would be up on the horns. This blood sacrifice would cover our sins. God provided the blood even in the beginning to cover the sin. The blood makes the atonement for the sinner. The offering was a symbolize of a cleansing of the heart. He would go from the from the from the brass altar to the bronze laver, of the priest, and he would wash himself. He would wash his hands and his feet. He would purify himself from the impurities of the sin. To me, this sounds a lot like today. We repent, we confess, and we get baptized because we believe in the salvation of Jesus. What I do know is that atonement only comes through the blood. Leviticus seventeen eleven: for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. It is only through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ that we are made holy. But what does Jesus want of the Father? Again, God is entirely holy. His very nature is holy. His motives, his thoughts, his words are holy. It tells me in the Bible that he is Kadesh, the Holy One. It tells me that he's Kadesh, Yashira, Yash, I believe, the Holy One of Israel. When God commands us to be holy, as he is holy, he's calling us to let him do through us what he's done throughout the whole Bible. He's calling us to allow him to work through us. If we look, he called Noah. He said, listen, we're going to build an ark together. It's not that you're going to do it on your own. You're going to do it in fellowship with the Lord. He said, no, we're going to build this ark. And and you're going to gather animals. And you and your family, they're, they're going to be saved. Why? Because there was sin, there was wickedness in the world. And he wanted to destroy the sin." Abraham, I want you to get up from your your father's camp. I want you to get up from your father's house and I want you to come. Abraham wasn't alone. He was in fellowship with God. God wants to do something through us. You look at Moses. Moses was called to be the leader of the Israelites. He was a murderer, saved by grace. God said, I'm not done with you. He met him at a burning bush and he even said, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. As we continue to read through the New Testaments, we see Paul, who was killing the church, murders, but he wanted to do something through him. He changed his name, he was Saul, and he wanted to do something. He wanted to do something with Stephen, and Stephen is only mentioned one time in the Bible, and he gives this testimony of Jesus, but he wanted to do something through them. It's what God is asking, he's calling us to let him do something through us. It's up to us to make that decision to allow him. Noah could have refused to build the ark, Abraham could have stayed where he was. Moses could have said no. He wants to do something through us. we got to be willing. God is wanting to manifest his purpose through you. And God has created us for that purpose, that good purpose. And he wants to work it out in you and me. He wants to see, He wants us, believe it or not, to see that manifested glory here on earth. Do you believe that? Think about it. Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen, he's teaching us to, to give adoration. He's teaching us to call out who he is. You're Adonai, you're Elohim, you're Lord El Shaddai, you're all sufficient, you're the supreme God. And then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What do you see in heaven? What do you read about heaven? You read that there's worship, that it's going on 24 seven, That is holy, 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 that it's holy, holy, holy. You see nothing but love. And that's what God wants from us. He's saying, I want to work through you. I want to, I want to bring my kingdom here on earth, but you got to do it. You got to, man, you got to move and you got to do it in love. You say, but he killed everybody with the flood, but he made a promise with a rainbow that he never destroyed again. And there's many times that we see in the Old Testament, but he loved his people and he wanted to work through them always. And if loving the people meant that he killed the sin that would entrap his people, then he separated them. Does that make sense? Jesus taught us to seek the Father. He he taught us throughout all the Gospels. He would go into the wilderness. He he would find a secluded place so that he could pray, so that he could be one and one with the Father. He said earlier in 17, I want them to be as you, Father, and I are as one. He continues that we learn in the Gospels that he fasted. He didn't just fast those 40 days in the wilderness and come out and and battle the adversary, the devil. But in in, in Matthew 17, with the a gentleman brings his demon-possessed son and the, the disciples can't cast out the demon out of the boy. The boy is being thrown. He's been thrown into fires and this demon's wanting to kill him. And Jesus comes over and he says, what's the matter? So we can't cast him out, but Jesus calls the demon out of the boy and the disciples say, how can we not come out? How come we could not cast him out? And Jesus says that this kind cometh out only by fasting and prayer. Jesus has set the example of what it looks like to try to be holy. What I hope you see is holiness is an eternal choice. It's a lifestyle here on earth, but that lifestyle here on earth represents a kingdom that's in heaven. It represents a savior that died on a cross who said, I will be with you to the one on the cross. You'll be with me today in paradise. Jesus displayed it all in perfection. He went to church, he fasted, he prayed. He was the church. He went and carried it with love He went and carried correction with love. He went and carried the word, the gospel with love. He went and did signs and wonders and miracles in love. But the Lord is asking us to make the ultimate choice, abandoning oneself, to lose ourselves for his purpose, to let go and let God be God through us. You know, Cindy used to sign us up to be greeters. And she would always, she would always say, hey, we're greeting this Sunday and we'd leave Sunday school and, and and I, I'd get, I'd get a call by the, by the pastor to go to the prayer room and I would go to the prayer room and she would be left there. How am I going to greet by myself? I don't know, but God wanted to do something through me. I, I didn't sign up to be a greeter. She signed us up to be a greeter. God wanted us, God, God put me on a different path. Amen. Listen, I was in a prayer room learning how to pray. Being around people who prayed, being around Ramona Weekly, a prayer warrior, an intercessor, learning how to intercede because that's what God wanted to do through me. Then God brought other preachers into my life. He gave me an opportunity to start preaching the gospel at different churches. Why? Because I was losing myself that God could work through me. That's what God wants to do for each and every one of us. He has a purpose for each and every one of you. He has a plan to work through you but it takes abandoning ourself. What do you mean? That means it takes finding God. It means it takes seeking God for his whole heart to become your heart. I listened to Michelle this week talking about abandoning oneself. You know, she talked about being in nursing and, and, and how, how God has moved and manifested and is working through her now and put her in a different position in life. It can happen for each and every one of us. You can sit there and think, man, I'm in this old, tired job. I'm tired of being run down. But God can do things if we abandon ourselves for him and for his kingdom. Amen? Amen. It's nothing that we can do on our own. It's him. It is God who wants to do something through you wholeheartedly. It's God that sanctifies us to be holy. We can only become holy because the Lord declared us holy through Christ Jesus by the blood of the cross. God truly wants to set us apart for his work. Will you forsake all for the kingdom of heaven? Jesus is simply asking the Father to hold them together as the Father and Son are one to hold his disciples together. Through the truth, through the word, keep them holy, keep them sanctified, keep them ready to serve. What about you? Is he keeping you holy? Are you reading your word? Is it keeping you sanctified? Are you ready to serve? Each disciple, they forsook all and they followed Jesus. Luke 5, it tells me that Jesus is on the shore of Lake Galilee and he's preaching to a crowd and it continues to grow and it continues to grow and the multitudes start coming and there's pushing and shoving. There's pushing and shoving. To get to the word. They're pushing and shoving to get to Jesus, who is the word. There's pushing and shoving. Are you hearing me? There's pushing and shoving because if you want to get closer to Jesus, you got to push in. You got to push through the noise. You, you got to push in to get closer to Jesus because if you don't push in, you're never going to get to Jesus. They're pushing. They're shoving. They want to get there. And he says, hey, to one of the fishermen, can I get in your boat? And he gets in the boat to preach and he preaches. He says, hey, can we cast out just a little bit? So, I can see everybody and talk and preach and teach to them. And, and they press out just a little bit, and he gets done preaching and teaching, and, and he looks over, and, and, the, and the fishermen that were there, Peter and James and John and Andrew, they're busy, they're fishing, they're cleaning their nets. You can't leave the salt on the nets, it'll destroy it. You, they've been dragged across, they're repairing, they're cleaning. But Peter drops it all right there. He gets in the boat with him, he rows him out. He says, Go out a little bit farther. He says, Cast down your net. We talked about remembrance this morning. He's tired. He's frustrated. He's a fisherman. He hasn't caught anything all night long. Like any other fisherman, he doesn't want to be back on that boat. He's ready to go home and sleep. But he remembers. He remembers the word that he spoke. He rebuked the fever over his mother-in-law. And now he's saying, cast your net. And Peter says, at thy word, at thy word, I will drop the net. Nevertheless, Peter says, nevertheless, in spite of what I think, in spite of what I feel, I'm willing to give it all to you, Jesus. At thy word, I'll let down the nets. I'm not feeling it. But because you spoke the word, the ultimate choice was to abandon his thinking. The ultimate choice was to abandon his feelings, and to be obedient to God. Listen, I struggled with this message. I, I, I wanted to put Stephen in there, I wanted to put Paul in there, I wanted to put everything in there, and I couldn't figure out why. He kept taking me right back to Peter and staying on Peter. And I even told Cindy, I said, man, I feel like I've preached this before. And then pastor opened up with Peter this morning, and I'm like, oh, I resisted so much and just being obedient to what he what he kept speaking to me, how he kept saying, Go back, go back to Peter, stay on Peter. And I kept, I kept wanting to go a different direction. I, I kept going because I'm like, I feel like I' preached this before. But it's to keep telling you about Peter today. It's to keep telling you who he was before he grew older. He was a wild child. He was busy in his work, but he abandoned it all right there and said, "I'll drop my nets, Lord." I'll do what you've asked me to do. Nevertheless, no matter, I'm not feeling it today, I'm not hearing it today, but I'm gonna drop my nets. I'm gonna abandon it all. And as they pulled the nets, they were shocked at the massive catch of fish that they had, breaking the nets, sinking the boats. They were astonished at the miracle. And Peter falls to his knees in adoration. Peter falls to his knees in humility. Depart from me, master, for I'm a sinful man. And Jesus tells him, Fear not. Fear not. But Peter proved to the Lord, even in his resistance, even in my resistance to prepare, I proved to the Lord that I was still willing to abandon everything that I was thinking that I should have been putting down. Peter proved to himself, even in the resistance, I'm busy, I'm cleaning nets, I'm willing to drop it all for you. And he says, Fear not. From now on, you'll be a fisherman of men. You'll catch men for salvation. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, on that day, they forsake all and they follow Jesus. And Peter is on the high road. He's answering the call to the discipleship. Jesus called his 12 disciples. First, he called them to discipleship. Then he called them to continuous discipleship. And then he called them to apostleship. None of the 12 had a pure standard. None of them was spotless or blameless. None of them had a spotless behavior. But God, but God was willing to train them and continuously continuously train them up to be who he wanted them to be. Sons of God, men of God. In Luke 5, Jesus heals the leper. In Luke 6, Jesus heals the the withered hand. In Matthew 12, Jesus heals the multitude. In Luke 6, Jesus is teaching laws of love, the golden rule, laws of mercy, laws of justice. He's teaching warnings against following blind leaders. He's, He's teaching against the moat hunters. In Matthew 13, he's teaching the parables. The disciples are with him. They're seeing and they're hearing much God changes us by the hearing of the word. Faith comes from what? Hearing the word of God. Mark 6 Jesus feeds the multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread, with 12 baskets left over at the end of the meeting. Nobody wants to go home. He sends the disciples, he says to the 12 disciples, get in the boat. And go to the other shore. Go to Bethsaida. I'll send, the, I'll send the multitudes away. I'll go up and I'll pray. And his disciples are halfway. Hey, here, I want you to do this for me. Just start rowing. Just start rowing. Just start rowing. Just start rowing. You're not going anywhere, right? That's the disciples. They're halfway to their destination. They're halfway there. They're halfway there. And this is all they're doing. The contrary wind, the boisterous winds, they're not going anywhere. They're stuck. They can't go anywhere. How are you feeling? You feeling frustrated? You're feeling like, why am I doing this? I ain't getting anywhere. I ain't moving. I ain't going nowhere. Huh? That's what the disciples were feeling. They're moving, but they ain't going nowhere. And in the middle of the night, Jesus comes down off the mountain and he starts walking across the seas. And they think that it's a ghost and they scream with fear. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. And Peter says, Lord, is that you? And he says, it is me, Peter. And he says, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, come. And he steps out of the boat. He steps out of the boat. This is Ava. He steps out of the boat. And he walks on that water. In my head, I'm thinking that he's, that he's, that he's thinking, He told me to come, and at his word, at his word, he told me to come before. He told me to cast the nets, and at his word, there was a harvest. At his word, he's telling me to come, and I know that I'm able to walk on this water because he sent the word. He told me the word. And Peter starts walking on that water. And then the wind hits him. But before that wind hits him, I think that in his mind and in his heart, he starts thinking, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm I'm doing it. But when that wind hits him and he starts sinking and he cries out, Lord, save me, in his mind, he started thinking, no, that was God doing it. That was God. That wasn't me at all. That was all God. The Lord Jesus reached forth his hand and caught him and rebuked him. O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? For seconds and minutes, Peter was on the mountaintop again. But it all changed quick. And he found himself on a low road in the valley questioning his confidence. Listen, we can't have full confidence in ourselves. We can't have full faith in ourselves. The faith to come out of that boat was because of the word. Jesus said, come. We gotta have all our faith and all of our confidence and all of our hope is in God alone. And he's the one that tells us to walk on the water. He's the one that says, cast down the nets for the harvest. It's all about God. You got to abandon yourself and allow God to do what He wants to do. Peter went on to cut off a soldier's ear. In the Bible, it says one of them, but I would—I would be wrong, maybe, but I bet it was Peter because he was the most impulsive and quick to draw. Peter later denies our Lord Jesus. I don't know him. I'm not one of his disciples. I know not this man. It says. I would say that Peter again at one of his lowest of lows in his life. I would say that Peter says to himself, I have failed Jesus. I have failed God. I completely suck. What am I to do now? We learned last week, sucking thumb, the prodigal head down, walk of shame as he's walking home. You ever been there? You ever disappoint God? You ever just say, man, I can't believe I've done this. But God, but God isn't finished with Peter. He called him to continuous discipleship. You have to be teachable. You have to be able to be corrected. Jesus meets up with Peter in John 21. Peter and the boys are back at home doing what they know how to do, going back to their old man, going back to their old nature, casting nets up on that lake, fishing all night long, not catching anything. But at the break of dawn, what happens? There's a man standing on the bank and he yells out and suggests, why don't you cast your net on the right side of the boat? And they said, man, we haven't caught anything, but whatever. And they did it. And they caught a massive load and they couldn't believe that their nets weren't breaking. They couldn't believe that the ship wasn't sinking again. And John yells, it's the Lord. And Peter Abandoned his clothes, jumps in, swims over. He's on the mountaintop experience again, but humility's coming. The Lord Jesus calls Peter out. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? And Peter didn't hesitate. Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Peter, lovest thou me more than all these things? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Peter, lovest thou me more than all these things? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Acts 1 and 3, Jesus visited the apostles many times over a 40-day period after his resurrection, speaking to them about things pertaining to the kingdom of God, showing himself that he is alive and well, Jesus commanded them to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Acts 2 and 4, and they were all filled with Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What a gift. God gave them the gift of tongues. Listen, and it wasn't about confusion. They got a gift for a language, because there was many nations there at the festival, and each disciple spoke in a different tongue, in a different native tongue, to a different nation, and they were able to preach the gospel of the cross. They were able to preach resurrection to the nations. They preached repent and be baptized. In closing tonight, I, I want I want to read Peter's sermon. Acts 2. 22 through 36. Peter's told the people that we're not drunk on wine. We're in our right mind. We're filled with an anointing today. Peter says, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you, By miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself also know. He's telling them, you've seen the signs and wonders. You've seen the miracles that this Jesus did. You know who he is. Him being delivered by the determined counsel. Those people that were jealous of him. And for knowledge of God, you have taken by wicked hands and have crucified and slayed him. You know it was the Christ. You saw all the signs and wonders that were done by him, whom God has raised, having loosened the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding Our brothers, my other 11 disciples that I'm with, we've seen him day in and day out for 40 days. He's come and he's witnessed to us. He's talked to us about things of the kingdom of heaven. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Man, think about that. Your heart rejoiced, your tongue was glad. Your flesh had hope in the resurrected Jesus Christ, the one who was perfect, the one who saw no corruption, the one that, Je- the, one that the Father raised from the grave. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make, f- make me full of joy with thy countenance. His word, Jesus has made, our, made His ways, made our ways of life known through the word, full of joy. And because he's in us, our countenance is changed. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried, and his scepter is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to seat on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption, that Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witness. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and have received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens. He's saying the earthly guy is gone. But he says of himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, Lord and Savior. David said, I saw my Lord sitting at the right hand. He's bringing remembrance the signs and wonders that you've seen, the miracles that took place. And because of Peter's message, When they all heard it, they were convicted in their hearts. And they asked the apostles, what do we do? And Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And 3,000 were saved. And 3,000 were added to the church that day. Amen? If you will, stand with me in closing. What is truth? Truth is the word. Truth is Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no way to the Father but through me. Are you willing to live in that truth? Are you fully dedicated? Are you fully dedicated to the Lord's ways? Are you willing to lose yourself for his good purpose? Are you allowing God to do through you what he wants to do for his glory, for his kingdom. Are you growing in godliness? It's the questions that I ask myself today. The questions I ask you tonight. What is truth? Do you know it? Today, if you bow your heads and close your eyes, think about those questions. Are you fully dedicated to the Lord's way? Are you willing to lose it all for his purpose? Are you allowing him to work through you for his glory. If you need more of God, come. If you're thankful for what he's doing in your lives, I encourage you to come and just tell him how thankful you are. If you're here tonight and you never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. Is there one? I can tell you about the time that he knocked on my heart. I can tell you that I walked out a sinner and if I would have got hit by a car and died I would have went straight to hell but I can tell you that he knocked in the heart again the following Sunday and with the unction of the Holy Spirit I went to an altar and I knelt down I didn't raise a hand I had boldness to go I looked at Cindy and I said I gotta go and I went and tears flowed and a heart confessed and Jesus came in and changed me for the rest of my life. If you don't know him tonight's the night, is there any here that is today that would say, I don't know Jesus. If it's you, we won't tarry long. We won't tarry long. I encourage you to come and just tell God how thankful you are. He wants to do something through you. If you don't know your purpose, and I visited some people this week that said, I don't know my purpose, and I told them the same thing I'll tell you, seek him because he's the only one that knows the true purpose for your life. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for your word. Your word is truth. Father, I pray that you continue to grow as in your truth. Lord, I ask for forgiveness of our sins and where we fail you. Father, I ask for forgiveness of where we may resist whenever you put that unction, that still small voice, and we're like, is that really you? That we wouldn't even question, that we walk with obedience. As Peter's, nevertheless, I'll drop the nets No matter how I'm feeling, no matter how I'm thinking, Lord God, may we, with confidence and hope in you, do what you ask us to do. Father, help us to serve you. Help us to fulfill the purpose which you put inside of us and help us to grow in godliness. God, we ask your blessing upon us in the name of Jesus and amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m.